Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, it is Judd's Hockey Show, which means Judd and uh, Declan Goff joining you on a Monday with some, uh, I guess, what was this morning breaking news, Declan? Matt Boldy, who the Wild had opened negotiations with. He was going to be an RFA this offseason, but they had opened negotiations with him a few weeks ago or a month ago, uh, agreeing to a not a bridge deal, which is what the Wild thought it might have to be because of their salary cap predicament. But instead, agreeing to a multi-year deal, seven times seven. So seven years, $49 million, putting him only behind Kirill Kaprizov, a $9 million cap hit per season, and Jared Spurgeon, $7.575 million per season. So Matt Boldy, 21 of this season, 12 goals, 29 points in 42 games, a much richer man, but a contract that seems to be extremely reasonable on both sides your thoughts yeah i think it's pretty reasonable i mean look boldy could have definitely bet on himself a little bit more gotten an rfa continued this little kick down kick kick of the can down the road if you will and cashed in on a big payday uh he's 21 right now so he could potentially maybe cash you know at 24 25 um if he just went as a bridge deal after his rfa status uh, it's just, it's a really solid deal because it basically locks him in for $7 million per, and you're seeing a player who probably hasn't hit his peak yet. Um, so that's a good thing for the Wild. Uh, he's having he's a little bit, he's, he's definitely been a little more streakier this year than last year. He's gone mm-hmm. through stretches where he hasn't made a difference. Now some of that, to what we've discussed in this show at, at length, is, is that him overcompensating because he doesn't have the amount of talent? Probably a little bit. Um, and I certainly would like to see the Wild still help him out and get him some more talent. But in terms of locking up a 21-year-old um, core player to a pretty reasonable deal that will probably, he hasn't hit his peak yet production-wise, which will excel than what he's actually worth, I think it's a pretty good bet. It's a pretty good bet to lock him up now. Yeah, I think if he was, the fact that he would do seven years uh, at seven per is a pretty smart move. Um, as Bill Guerin said on his Zoom call with reporters this morning, Eventually, someday, the cap is going to go up. So this will become a bargain cap-wise um, at some point because the cap has obviously gone up incrementally, very small amounts. It was flat for a year because of the pandemic. So that's going to be key one. The other thing that uh, Bill Guerin said that I find to be interesting, and I saw this quote a couple days ago. He was talking about Boldy because Bill gave a uh, Bill gave basically a state of the team midseason address on Saturday morning at DX before the Coyotes game. Uh, And then he mentioned it again today on his uh, press conference call about the Boldy contract. And that's this. He keeps saying, because he said on Saturday, we'd like to see Matt shoot more, which, you know, okay, that's cool. But then he was asked more about it today and was asked, you know, so when you say that, what do you mean exactly? And it was a good question because Garen said, he is naturally a guy that likes to make plays. Like he's looking to make plays. He is not a natural 
shooter. It doesn't mean he can't shoot, but it's what we've seen that leads you to believe at times, and he tried this in college and was not successful, but he has the instincts of a center, like an old school, because he's looking to facilitate. He's not necessarily trying to shoot. And Garen said, to be clear, I'm talking about if there's like an empty net, we want Matt to shoot into the empty net and not like pass the puck. But we understand that he is a guy who is at heart a playmaker. And doesn't that lead us to an interesting conversation about Matt Boldy's line right now? Because, you know, Goudreau can score a bit at center. Hartman can score a bit. But, you know, this is why when Bill Guerin says that, this is why for what we saw last season, Dex, the Fiala pairing was so damn good. Yes. Because Kevin loved to shoot the puck. And so, like, this just leads me back to what can Boldy do if he gets another guy like Fiala. So not a scrapper, you know, Hartman can score some goals. Goudreau can, can score goals. This, is, this isn't me trying to put them down. But, you know, when your natural inclination, and by the way, you're worth a seven-year contract. When your natural inclination is to make plays, to set guys up, that's why I think both of us are so intrigued with what if you get Boldy with a guy, again, who's got the Fiala instincts loves to shoot, but more importantly, is actually a naturally gifted goal scorer. So kind of parsing through some of Bill's comments there on that. So Boldy's actually been shooting more this year than he had been last season. Um, So he's actually shooting almost three shots on goal per game, which is a pretty healthy amount from a top line guy like Matt Boldy and a borderline superstar player. I don't know if we can call him a superstar, but he's, he's close to it. He's a star. He's a, he's a good player to have on your team. Drives a lot of offense. He's a possession machine. All that's good stuff. To his point, though, yeah, you want to see him sometimes take over a game a little bit, and he has this great instinct where he can be a playmaker, but he needs a Robin to his game. He needs, you know, he needs a Robin. He needs he's Batman. And he doesn't have a Robin. He doesn't have a Nightwing. I can get really nerdy if I want to here. Um, he needs that extra oomph to kind of get his game over the top too, so he's not overcompensating uh, and whatnot. And you know, to be honest, not to start a whole new other conversation, but with the cap space hell that they're in right now and the limited resources that they have going forward. I think there's going to be even more moving and shaking here, not because you have to, but because there are significant contracts that have to come up here of RFAs and other players. And there's only so much money to go around. This is going to be a really interesting trade deadline for the wild. And probably more importantly, a more interesting true off season. Yeah. Cause how they, and that one's probably more, more, where you'll see maybe bigger shakeups than come the deadline because this team is playing well. It's probably going to be in the playoffs. So how do they maybe tweak some things to make their team better? That's a whole other discussion. But with their limited cap space and with Boldy now locked up and with Boldy playing well at times, but also going through stretches where he doesn't score a goal in a dozen games, um, you need your players to deliver. And then Boldy can only do so much too. So I'm I'm just fascinated to see if they are going to get help is it going to be someone to help Matt Boldy? Which, if I'm putting a money line on who, what are they trying to go get? Are they going to get another goalie? No. Are they going to get another defenseman? Maybe, but probably not. Could they find a player to complement Matt Boldy's skill set to make his life easier? I think so, yes. I think that would be the most logical piece to add to this current team. Agreed completely. So I think one of the things is, I think the immediate hope and I don't know if it's realistic or not. I think one of the immediate hopes is that the top six, and especially the Goudreau line, starts to do more and just starts to score more. 
Um, I think there is a feeling, and it might be uh, it might be a bit of blind optimism, Dex, that Ryan Hartman will start to score more again. But I mean, I just think last year was um, a incredible one off from a guy who's not paid great, and so it was just this incredible season. Uh, I don't know if it's realistic that Hart- Hartman is going to um, is going to find any type of groove like he did in two thousand twenty one twenty two. So I think that's the wild hope is that that line starts to to score more. If it doesn't, yes, it will be very intriguing to see what type of priority they put on the short term and trying to get Boldy, if nothing else, another winger. Because, you know, Boldy is, so Boldy qualifies as the classic thing that Garen has talked about for a long time, and he's right about this. You know, we always think of, well, you need a center to be, the playmaker because that's what centers are they make the plays but the reality is for the league now as garen says it can be the winger matt zuccarello is for all intents and purposes a center uh from 1986 that's that's what he does he makes plays he can score but he's going to yep. more often than not look to set Corell up. so if you got boldy if you can't find a center which you know is a very tough thing and might not be doable, especially at the deadline in what, March 3rd? If you can't find that, can you find another winger who can score? And in essence, Boldy becomes a de facto center. That's possible. Um, I think long-term with this contract now, seven years, my guess is, a total guess, but my guess is that the long-term hope for the here and now of, of Bill Guerin is, Matt Boldy eventually becomes uh, Carrell's Zuccarello. Because Zuccarello's an aging player. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to be around for, he, he's what, 30-something. So, Matt's is, Matt's is fantastic at what Matt does. And, I mean, he is he and Carrell, he has hitched his wagon to Kaprizov, and it's some phenomenal hockey. But my guess is that they're hoping that down the road, Boldy becomes that. Because it looks, you know, Matt Boldy, I think, from what we've seen on the power play, playing with a super high-end superstar like Kirill, Matt Boldy, it doesn't look like that stage spotlight is too big. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could see their their hope in three or four years being that as a veteran, and at that point in time, what, 25 or 26, that Boldy and, and assuming hopefully Kirill stays, that those two are, are key first-line players and develop the same type of chemistry that Matt Zuccarello and Kaprizov have had now for two or three years. Yeah, and you know, also internally, they're hoping that it might not be this year, but they're hoping that Marco Rossi comes up and maybe he's the guy you put in with Matt Boldy, right? I mean, that's kind of been our thinking for the last few years with these two prospects. Now Boldy now has graduated from prospect to NHL player and now a $49 million superstar. So, I mean, he's graduated from that list, but their their hope is too that, all right, if we can find someone at the deadline that's complimentary, but not someone we have to, you know, mortgage the future for which i don't see them doing either even as much as we love reckless speculation and come up with fun trade ideas i just don't think that's in the cards for the wild at this point but that's their hope too that they think if marco rossi finally graduates from prospect and from the iowa level to the nhl level and he had a cup of coffee here and whether you want to say the coaching staff or general management put him in a poor situation to succeed from the start that that's one conversation but they're they're banking that this former top 10 pick that their top prospect in Marco Rossi probably by next season at the latest 
graduates from Iowa player to legitimate player. And look, we were asking for Boldy this time, what, Judd, two years ago, right? During the postseason, uh, during Vegas. the first season post-pandemic um, after the bubble where they did the realignments that we, we you and I are having the same conversation, right? Like, what, what, what is there more for Boldy to accomplish? Why isn't he here yet? And it turned out that there was still something for his game to find. He finds it midway through last season. He gets called up. He runs away with it. And now what, Judd, 80 games later or so um, into his NHL career, he gets a $49 million payday. So, you know, as, as much as sometimes hockey fans or even guys like us want to see players graduate from that status, they just sometimes aren't ready. And I think that's where if they don't want to mortgage the farm and rightfully so to get a star player at this year's deadline, that's right. a long-term play too. I know your point is to put Zuccarello, when Zuccarello does leave and free agency, whenever that is, that you pair those two together. Right. So I think in the short term, probably the more logical area is that Marco Rossi eventually graduates. Then you have those two guys together with Kirill, et cetera. But, but I, that, that's what's so intriguing to me. How does, how do the wild make Boldy's life easier by the end, by the start of the playoffs of this year with also not giving up significant assets? I think it's impossible, right? Cause it's going to be one guy, but he's going to have to be a guy that, that can snipe and snipers are hard to, to find, which is why Fiala was so incredibly valuable, despite the fact that at times he drove him crazy. Um, I do think that there's an interesting conversation, though, to be had about this part. So if and when, and it's still if, if Rossi develops like they hope eventually, I don't think we'll ever see, as long as Dean is coach here at least, I don't think we're ever going to see a three-person line of like high-powered, high-flying players because their belief is such that the center to them, I think, is way more of a glue guy, which, I mean, I struggle with at times. But, like, I wonder if Rossi would either eventually get Kaprizov or Boldy, but not both. Or if Boldy would get Kaprizov with a serviceable center, and and then Rossi would get another guy that's considered, like, it, it seems like uh, pairings-wise on forward lines, this team really values having two guys, and then the third guy does his job, but doesn't, like, fit in as a potential star player. So the construction of how Dean, and I think Bill too, goes about things is really intriguing to watch. Because, yeah, I could see Boldy and Rossi. I could see I could see Boldy and Kaprizov. Potentially Rossi and Kaprizov when Matt's is gone. But, you know, like, I think you think, well, what if you put them all three together eventually? And it doesn't look like this current staff, it looks like they would probably prefer to keep it in pairs of twos with another guy a center too, who's going to grind. And that's where I think that's where the ask on Rossi is intriguing too. They clearly want their centers to be um, of the tougher, less finesse variety. I mean, guys that'll punch you and uh, not start fights, but guys will be aggressive guys who, who will play a certain style. And Marco Rossi hasn't done that yet. And so it's going to be interesting to watch. Like, when are they going to decide? Okay. We're we're to a point now where we have we have to at least give him a long look here. But you know he went and the first game he played in in Des Moines, I think he played fantastic and had like two goals and an assist or something. And then he sort of went his play went back down again. And so like that that's a whole different story of of like it felt like Boldy had a bit more of a progression, and mm -hmm. I think that's why we were frustrated because if I'm correct, it was that Golden Knights playoff series. We were a bit more frustrated then. In this case, I think with Rossi, it's like, okay, they clearly need to see more, both from a, a point standpoint, but a, a 
physical standpoint as well, we're not there yet. So like the construction of this whole thing to me, while this team has certainly been successful, is really intriguing. Yeah, that that's what the million dollar question is that they, that they'll have to figure out by the trade deadline here. Because, I mean, Matt Boldy, even going back to his you know statistics and what he's been able to do, I mean, he's played in now eighty nine games. Um, last year was nearly a point per game player. This year, a little off from that from that current pace. But yeah, just long term, I'm so curious how this all works out. And then obviously, once those buyouts do come out, and then to Garen's point, hopefully the cap is up by a significant margin within three to five years when those cap hits aren't hurting you so badly. So that, that, that's where it is fascinating. In the, in the short term, the Wild are still a good enough team that they can be a playoff team and compete. Um, and then that's also where they have to also hit on these entry-level contracts, right? Like that's why yes. they need Marco Rossi to graduate here yes. by at least next season so you can have an entry-level deal. Look, they've they made a decision to, to even forego some of that with Matt Boldy, right? Like they could have given him an RFA status maybe for lesser money so Boldy could want to cash out on his own end. But he said, no, I'll... I'll take the 7 million per for seven years and then potentially cash out again when I'm 28, 29. So he can still do that, you know, seven, eight years when he's a true UFA. So it, it kudos to Boldy for getting it done. Kudos to the wild for convincing him to do it as well. Um, but there are still some questions to be answered on how, how good the wild can be this season with the current players on their roster. It's a good contract. Yeah, like I, I think it's very, very fair, very fair. Okay. We've got some, um, some RFAs to discuss because Boldy was going to be one. He's not now, but there is a very interesting group of guys who are going to be. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped me drop 40 pounds. I, I don't know. Oh, thank you very much. There's the picture. There's the picture of the guy on the left. Oh, he was a little chunky, little too chunky. The guy on the right, Livia Lifestyle paid off. And guess what? Drop that weight. And here's the best part. Keeping that weight off is the absolute key. We've all lost weight. How do you keep the weight off? Well, remember, I said weight control centers. I didn't say diet. I didn't say fat. I didn't say quick fix because this is a weight control program. The dietitians um, absolutely will help you every step of the way. And the best part is when you're done dropping the weight, they will help you with a plan to keep that weight off. And right now, if you contact them and ask for the Judd offer, that's right, the Judd, the sports dad, score north Judd offer, 50% off the program. Call them 855-GO-LIVIA. Visit Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com if you want to drop some pounds for the new year. All right, the RFA list now. And Billy Garrett said today that they started, obviously, and concluded negotiations with Boldy Declan, but they have not started with anyone else on this list. And I'm going to run through it. Steele, Duhame, Mason Shaw, Kalen Addison, and Philippe Gustafson, the goaltender. What? So when I look at that list, priority-wise, here's here's what I think right now. Okay. Addison one. Gustafson two. I think he's played really well. I've been very surprised. I'm as shocked as the next guy. And Bill Bill did, did say in his Saturday halfway through the season press conference that Gustafson is his most pleasant surprise too. Um. I'm going to say Steele, Duhame, Shaw. I think Shaw's pretty much expendable. Yeah, Shaw's fine. He's a guy. Um, Duhame is a solid role player, but he has a ceiling to his game. Yeah, I mean, the, the funny conundrum they'll have to figure out, look, you can always have affordable goaltending, and the Wild have done a good job at not overpaying for goaltending. Um, and even with Gustafson having a solid year, 
he's not going to, I don't think he would. I don't think him or his agent would play hardball of, I, I will look at the career year I'm having and you need to lock me up for X yeah. amount of dollars. I don't see that happening. Um, with Fleury up there in age. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to have two viable goalies at this point. And look, Jesper has been great in Iowa. He's, he potentially could be ready even by next season. Um, but you still don't obviously want to rush him either. So yeah, I would say probably Addison one and Gustafson two. Um, Steel. Yeah. I just, I don't I, know still. I, that's what I told you. I, I can't really get a feel for so, how truly good he is. Here, here's what's weird about him. And Hartman ran into the same thing last year. I don't mean to minimize that it takes talent on th- that line because you're playing with two high-end star players. And one in Kaprizov, Declan, is a superstar, right? But the Wild is clearly proving in some ways that's a plug-and-play. Like Hartman started there. Like played great last year, started there, struggled, and they're like, "You're out. Let's try. Let's try Freddie, Dean's guy, Goudreau. Okay, didn't work there. You're out. Let's try Steele." So I, this is probably too simple, and it sounds like I'm crapping on Sam Steele, but I almost feel like that's a position at which they feel that there's a flexibility that if you have a certain level and ability, you can be plugged in there. And you know, the thing is. And it's not a joke. Zuccarello and Kaprizov are so complimentary of each other as players. I feel like that center just has to do his damn job. Yep. And I'm not saying that you could take a fourth line complete slappy and make that work. But I am saying if Sam Steele says, oh boy, here I come. Show me the money. I'm probably like, dude, been fun. No. Yeah. I mean, look, even when they had Eck there, like it, Eck's a good player too, by the way. It just, it, it wasn't as solid as a fit and X role was better served with other players. I mean, look how, look how good that line has been for them and having grinders next to him because he's good at working his ass off and all that good stuff. So there's still always going to be players that, <clears throat> excuse me, where they, they complement off each other and, you know, not everyone's going to fit there, but I tend to agree with you that I don't think um, overpaying for a for a Sam Steele is is going to be high on their priority list, and I think Sam Steele kind of knows that too. And look, Hartman agreed to a bargain of a contract, um, and now that contract, which at the time looked like the best bargain in the NHL, is just yeah, it's a relatively good deal. Like Hartman's a good player; he's making yep. under two million per, and Top that's six. fine. 100%. And uh, and that all works out. So yeah, finding the look, finding number one centers are next to impossible. Garen has made that point with us on this show numerous times that he's sick of being asked about it. Um, but yeah, I, I think on the priority list back to it, yeah, I think it's getting Addison done and Gustafson done and getting those deals where they're good short-term deals and ones that aren't going to break your bank salary cap wise either. Um, cause those are the two guys I would, I wouldn't say the other three are expendable completely. Like I'm not going to say they're, you can throw them away and replace them like that, but I wouldn't lose sleep necessarily losing any of those guys either. I warn you, I think Dean loves doing. Yeah. Here's what, you know what, you know what you could see? I'll throw this at you as just a possibility. Um, With Greenway ha- having been late to, uh, well, he, he was late for the game a couple weeks ago against the Blues and got scratched, and that really hurt them because they were already down a forward. And then at some point in time, he was late for a meeting. I could see Duhame replacing Greenway if the Wild gets rid of Greenway. Yeah, that's that's I probably mean, Dean a, loves that guy. Yeah, that, that's right? probably as a solid as as Vinny Vinny paws at my leg. I don't think he liked that uh, take me. I was like, Vinny. I, okay. I got two dogs here right yeah. now. The you know they're 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 big puck I think he's, fans. I think he's a big uh big rig guy. But yeah, I mean I think if you Sorry, if you got rid of Greenway and plugged it with Duhame, yeah, that's probably a closer bet. 
that's probably a closer player that can replace the production of Greenway. And yeah, and that's not a big contract. No, you know, at that point in time, you, you, you sign him for what, two or three years. Yeah. Small cap. I I mean, the only, the only guy on the list I read you that could come to me and ask for a, a decent sized contract for security. The only guy, maybe Addison power play guy, defenseman, Mm -hmm. I mean, Gustafson, I think you're right. I think they'll take what they get. I, I just like him because he's brought way more than I expected. But, you know, if Sam Steele is like, I can feel it, I'm going to get paid. So, no, I don't think you are. Now, now that does not mean he's gone because he remains in team control. I'm just saying of that list, the guy I would really prioritize is Kalen. And after that, I think everybody probably just falls in line contractually. And if they don't, you probably got problems. Yeah, I mean, this is where they, the fact they got Boldy locked up um, and now they're kind of turned their attention to guys like Addison and Gustafson. I mean, that, this is good problems to have where it's not like you're letting a big superstar player, you know, walk up to UFA status. And right. I know Kirill um, will eventually have that conversation in a couple of years. But as of right now, they got it, they got it oh. down pretty good. So you don't have to worry about it too much. We'll probably be having that con- that that conversation will probably take place on JHS next year. So. All right, sir. Before we go, I think you got something to tell me about St. Thomas. That's right. Tommy's Tommy's men hockey, baby. Tommy's men's hockey right here on 1500 AM on the broadcast signal on the score North app as well. They are battling Bowling Green this weekend. Okay. little Thursday, Friday action. You can go to Tommy sports.com to go, uh, to go get that or go to the St. Thomas arena ticket office on game day to go to Tommy sports.com. A little college hockey puck for you. Bowling Green's good. Good program. Yeah. Good, good squad there. And you could hear those action too right here on 1500 AM and on Score North. So go check out Tommy Sports. Go watch the Tommies play Bowling Green this Thursday and Friday. All right. Wrap September. it up for us, Mr. Declan. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. As we teased last week, Judd, um, some new additions to Judd's Hawk. Speaking of new contracts and new, uh, new line mates, if you will, we'll have a new line mate, I believe, on Wednesday for the first time joining us. Very excited about this. Very excited. And another line mate might join us later on this week, too. Might be joining you as well. There might be a little, speaking of goalie rotations and future people, you never know. Some people get sent down. You never know. I don't know. Might be going to Iowa. All right, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back. You know, there's no room for petty bull.